And a good afternoon to everybody out there, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. You are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, out of Noonan. And I'm right after Rod Peterson, right before Braves Country Today with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. It's Tuesday. I hope everybody's having a great day. We have a jam-packed show as my NFL tour continues, 32 teams in 32 days, and I am going to preview the Seattle Seahawks. Get ready. I'm going to have a lot of fun. But we do have some local sports to cover in the Chattahoochee Valley to include the Columbus Chattahoots and the Chattahoochee Monsters were in action last night. The Braves had a day off, but they are back in action at Truist Park taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks later today. And yesterday was day one of SEC Media Days. And a lot of experts making their predictions. Let's go ahead and get right into the show. So I'm on vacation this week. But that doesn't mean the show stops. Because there's so much sports going on, even in July... We have everything that's going on, but I feel obligated to do a show, but it's going to be a condensed show. The next couple of shows this week are going to be condensed shows, and you'll end up getting a best of in the latter part of the broadcast, but I am honored and privileged to have a sports talk show five days a week on a local station to the metro Atlanta area. And it really means a lot. It truly means a lot to me because this is something that I've been wanting to do since college. We are going to go ahead and start this show off talking about action in the Sunbelt Baseball League last night. As the Chattahoochee Monsters fell to the Atlanta Crackers 3-2 despite a 2-for-3 night by Corey Berry. It was Justin Bird who hit the home run that put the Crackers up on top. And they are now in fourth place in the SBL with a 13-12 and 12 record. The Chattahoochee Monsters fall to fifth place. Still a playoff team with a week to go, but they fall to 12-13. and 13. They're going to take on the Crackers once again on Wednesday at Fred Stilwell Stadium up in Kennesaw State University. The Columbus Chattahoots had no problem against the Alpharetta Aviators as they defeated the Aviators 11-1 last night. The Chattahoots 19-6, but they're still a game behind the Gainesville Gold Diggers who defeated the Brookhaven Bucks 10-0. Brookhaven currently in third place. They have lost two in a row, and they lead the Atlanta Crackers by one game in the SBL. We have less than a week to go in the SBL regular season, and I cannot wait for playoffs. The Columbus Chattahoots are back in action on Wednesday night. First pitch, 7.05 at Legion Field, as they will take on the Alpharetta Aviators once again. So congratulations to the Chattahoots for getting a big victory over the Alpharetta Aviators. Timely hitting by Robert Darnell, Connor O'Neill, Walt McConnell, and Blaine Alanese. Walt McConnell had three RBIs in the game. 
Don't forget that the Columbus Chattahoots are in action this weekend at Historic Golden Park. The regular season finale, first pitch 7.05 on Friday and Saturday. So come on out, support the Columbus Chattahoots for the final time in the regular season before we get into the playoffs. And yes, there will be playoffs and the Chattahoots might even be hosting playoff games. As they are taking on the Brookhaven Bucks on Friday and Saturday. And then the Chattahoochee Monsters are in action this Sunday, once again, for a doubleheader, taking on the Gainesville Gold Diggers. And then that's a wrap. The regular season in the SPL will come to a close, and we will have playoffs. And congratulations to Columbus Chattahoots pitcher Trey Sanders for winning Sunbelt Baseball League Pitcher of the week, he picked up 12 strikeouts and six innings pitched, only gave up two hits. Congratulations, Trey, and good luck the rest of the season. Major League Baseball tonight, the Atlanta Braves are taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. This could be a playoff preview. Braves have a two-game losing streak. Bryce Elder, the all-star, 7-2 and two with a 297 earn run average, is on the mound, taking on Zach Davies. For the Diamondbacks, as the Atlanta Braves are trying to get themselves off the mat as they drop two out of three against the White Sox over the weekend, and they would like to have a good series with the Arizona Diamondbacks, a potential playoff preview. As today's the day where rookies report to training camp, we did have some NFL news yesterday, and the big news was no long-term deals for New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley. Las Vegas Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, and Dallas Cowboys running back Tony Pollard. Not sure what's going on. Look, we've seen NFL teams give running backs big money, but pay them what they're worth. I know that running backs have a short shelf life, but just pay them. Boy, Quinn Williams got a new deal with the New York Jets. And did the Patriots miss the boat on signing DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, I think this is a great move for the Tennessee Titans because now they have their dynamic receiver that they missed when they traded away A.J. Brown. But I still think that Will Levis will eventually be the starting quarterback in Tennessee. All right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about SEC Media Days. You don't want to miss it. It's the Sports Beat. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Find best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Noonan. 770-954-9941. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Fifty feet, turn left. 
Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. <sighs> Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tune in each Sunday morning right here on WQEE 99.1 FM for the key for help from a high with Bishop Daniel Hardaway Sr. of Redemptive Life Worship Center at 9 a.m. Hear the Word of God and soak it in. You can join us for our live Sunday service at 10 o'clock a.m. till 12.30 p.m. at Redemptive Life Worship Center at 2265 Highway 54 in Marlin, Georgia. Have a blessed week. We are back here on the Sports Beat. And it's now time to talk about SEC Media Days because it's going on up in Nashville. It kicked off yesterday as SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey addressed the media at noon. And the first team that was up was LSU. Head coach Brian Kelly, star quarterback Jalen Daniels, defensive tackle McKee Wingo, and running back Josh Williams to discuss everything LSU Tigers and the expectations for LSU in year two under Brian Kelly. A lot of experts are predicting that they are going to finish second behind Alabama. And I actually think that depending on what they do in that game against Alabama, it's in Tuscaloosa, but it doesn't really matter because these two teams are evenly matched in my mind, I think that LSU has the better quarterbacks and they have the better receivers. You look at LSU, and I don't know if they're going to win that game against Florida State opening day, but they got to play Mississippi State. They got to play Ole Miss. Those are on the road. Alabama's on the road. They get to host Florida and they get to host Texas A&M. They got a pretty easy schedule, and I think that one or two losses, they could still be in the SEC West conversation to go to Atlanta for the SEC championship. But is LSU ready to be a college football playoff team? LSU has won three national titles with three different head coaches. Say what you want. Ed Orgeron won a national title with LSU in 2019. They caught lightning in a bottle. And yeah, I'll talk about it next week when I do my year in sports for 2019 because that's exactly what it was. Lightning in a bottle. LSU is going to be competitive, but I cannot wait for that opening game against Florida State. That is going to be in my top 10 for must-watch college football games. Glued to the TV, I want to see that game. So it was great seeing LSU out there. Brian Kelly addressing the media. I think LSU is going to be fine. I think they are going to be competitive. And they got a shot against Alabama. And it doesn't matter if it's in Death Valley or in Tuscaloosa. That's going to be a great game because I think the LSU matches up well with Alabama. The next team that was up was Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher, defensive lineman Fadil Diggs, defensive lineman McKinley Jackson, 
receiver and Anias Smith took the podium to talk about the Texas A&M program and where they are and where they're going. And, you know, it was a disaster of a season last year, missing out on a bowl game. It was absolutely abysmal, a five and seven record. And so Daryl Dickey is out as offensive coordinator. In comes the former head coach of Louisville, Arkansas, the Atlanta Falcons, Bobby Petrino. Is Bobby is Bobby Petrino going to make the offense better? Absolutely. You're going to see a difference day one. Texas A&M is going to have an awakening. And I think they're, they're going to make a bowl game this year. Still not a college football playoff contender. And I don't know if they'll ever get to that level, especially when Texas joins the SEC. Because you have just incredible teams that are joining the SEC. Texas A&M. One of those teams, even when they were in the Big 12, they weren't a college powerhouse. So just imagine when Texas and Oklahoma joined the SEC. Is Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat? I think if Texas A&M has another losing season, so back-to-back losing seasons, no excuse. You had the number one recruiting class two years ago. Texas A&M has got to at least get to 8-4 and four this year for Jimbo Fisher to keep his job. And then finally, Missouri took the podium. Head coach Eli Drinkwitz and cornerback Chris Abrams drain. Defensive lineman Darius Robinson and offensive lineman Javon Foster talking about the state of the Missouri Tigers. You know, those days when Missouri was winning the SEC East, I think they're over. It's going to be tough, especially when Georgia runs the SEC East and Tennessee is not too far behind the Georgia Bulldogs. But the Missouri Tigers have had some success. I think that James Franklin played very well at quarterback. Drew Locke, a very good quarterback. Missouri can have a pretty good offense. And you look at what they did last year. They made a bowl game. They lost to Wake Forest in the Gasparilla Bowl. Finished the regular season 6-6. Six and six. In Eli Drinkwitz's third season, he's coming in in season number four. And Missouri's expectations are to go 6-6 six and six and go to a bowl game this year. They're not going to win the SEC East. And a lot of people has got Missouri predicted to finish sixth in the SEC East. Blake Baker back at defensive coordinator for the second season. And, you know, looking at the schedule for the Missouri Tigers, they got a lot of winnable games to get them to bowl eligibility. I see them beating South Dakota, Middle Tennessee State, Kansas State in week three. That is going to be a massive game. Possibly could beat Memphis, although Memphis is a very sneaky team. I look at their schedule, and they – Right now, in the beginning of the season, they've got at least four wins. It's the back part of their schedule that's brutal. Having to play Arkansas, Missouri, Tennessee, Georgia, South Carolina. So, yeah, the goal for Coach Drinkwitz for the Missouri Tigers is to make it to a bowl game. SEC Media Days continues today. The first team up is Vanderbilt and head coach Clark Lee. And 
Coach Lee just got an extension, especially since Vanderbilt went five and seven last year. They improved from their two and ten record to five and seven. And then at eleven thirty, the back-to-back defending national champions, Kirby Smart, will take the podium along with Kamari Lassiter, tight end Brock Bowers, and center Cedric Van Braun. At two p.m. The new Auburn head football coach, Hugh Freeze. And then finally, the first-year head coach for Mississippi State, Zach Arnett, is going to take the podium. For tomorrow, it starts off with Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide, and then followed by Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky. I cannot wait. You know, SEC Media Days is actually going to be in Dallas next year. And that is very fitting, especially since we welcome Texas and Oklahoma into the conference. And I'm just going to come out and say it. As a member of the media, I would love to go. That would be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to SEC Media Days. And I couldn't make it this year because I was on vacation, but I'm following it. It was nice to see WRBL and WTVM and DJ Jones at SEC Media Days. And because this is a podcast that's dedicated to covering sports in Georgia and Alabama, we know who's keen around here. It's college football, and everybody has their passionate fan base. I could not say the same thing about college football teams in California. I mean, there was no Pac-12 media days. I don't remember that growing up as a kid. Anyways, what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and take another commercial break we're gonna go pay some bills and when we come back i'm gonna have my nfl teams 32 teams in 32 days get ready for the seattle seahawks and i promise i'll go easy on them as a 49ers fan yes i don't like the seahawks but i'll give them their time in the sun we'll be back wishbone fried chicken is back in a brand new location 31 jackson street sweet a here in noonan same great taste the best chicken around Fish dinners, open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in, take out, it's Wishbone Fried Chicken, right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around, so great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of the Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern. You'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Help protect your family from flu this season by taking three easy steps. First, get yourself and your family a flu shot. It's quick and can protect you all season. Second, 
take everyday actions to help prevent the spread of germs like flu. Cover your cough, stay home from work or school if you're sick, and wash your hands often. Third, there are drugs that can treat flu illness. These work best when started early. Learn more at cdc.gov slash fight flu. Welcome back to the Sports Beat. It is about that time. It's my NFL teams, 32 teams in 32 days. And today I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks. And as a San Francisco 49ers fan, I don't care too much about the Seattle Seahawks. But I'm going to talk about them here on this show. I'm going to break down the Seahawks as a franchise, their depth chart, and I'm going to make predictions for this upcoming 2023 season. But let's go into the background of this proud franchise up in the Northwest, led by head coach Pete Carroll, who's been there for 13 seasons. I think he would have gotten fired in 2012 if Russell Wilson didn't bail him out. He had two back-to-back 7-9 seasons. Russell Wilson gets there, and in his second year, Russell Wilson wins the Super Bowl for Seattle. And we thought it was going to be a dynasty in the 2010s. It really didn't because I don't think they really recovered since the Russell Wilson interception of Malcolm Butler in the following Super Bowl. But in 2021, Russell Wilson had his first losing season in Seattle and he won it out. So he finally goes out and I thought that the Seahawks were going to completely drop off. But I was wrong. Geno Smith actually was a breath of fresh air. A lot of people were very impressed with Geno Smith. They go 9-8. and eight. They end up losing to the 49ers in the wild card round. And the Seahawks have a very young team. They got a lot of draft picks from that Russell Wilson trade. And Geno Smith was a decent quarterback. I mean, he had 30 touchdowns and 11 picks last year. What's impressive about the Seahawks... And to my Seahawks fans, including Columbus Rapids midfielder Brittany Conway, this show's for you. I'm going to talk good about your team. I promise. The 2022 NFL Draft, they hit home runs on every single pick. Charles Cross, Boy Mafi, Kenneth Walker III, Abraham Lucas, Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, Tyreek Smith, Bo Melton, Tariq Young. Well, not so much. Anyway, this upcoming draft not only they got Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia in the seventh round he could possibly make this team but Devin Witherspoon locked down corner they got him in the first round Jackson Smith Jigba talented wide receiver for Ohio State Derek Hall a ferocious running back for the University of Auburn Zach Cabonet a running back from UCLA Anthony Bradford Cameron Young they have got playmakers everywhere But can the Seahawks get over the hump? And I can't believe I'm saying this because this used to be a one-sided rival between the Seahawks and the 49ers for a decade. But now the 49ers are the team that's on the top of the mountain and the Seahawks are hoping to knock them off and win the NFC West. Can they do it? Well, yeah, it's a tough schedule, but, you know, there's tiebreakers. That's why we have tiebreakers. I wasn't a fan of the Jamal Adams trade, but I understand that they wanted to recreate the Legion of Boom. They wanted to get some ballers on their team that brings that defense back to the level of the Legion of Boom and the 12th man. Bobby Wagner comes back from the Rams, one of the best middle linebackers in football. It didn't work out in L.A. He comes back. 
Let's look at the depth chart for the Seattle Seahawks. Your receivers, I think that right next to the 49ers, the Seahawks have a very solid receiving core. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith-Jigba. I mean, if Jackson Smith-Jigma is your third receiver, look out. Noah Fant is a pretty decent tight end. They got him from the Russell Wilson trade. Their offensive line is very underrated. Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, Evan Brown, Phil Hayes, and Abraham Lucas. Nick Ballore. That name sounds familiar. I remember he was a linebacker for the 49ers. And Kenneth Walker III. They got a gem in the draft in 2022, getting Kenneth Walker. Kind of reminds me of not necessarily Marshawn Lynch, but maybe a Thomas Rawls, a Rashard Penny, that type of running back. And Zach Carbonet is probably going to be the second running back. And the Seahawks have a different coordinator, Shane Waldron, coming in. I mean, no more Daryl Bevel or Brian Schottenheimer. It seemed like that their offense was vanilla. Pete Carroll's an old school coach. He refused to change. They wanted to play smash mouth football. But no, they had to be more dynamic on offense. And when Russell Wilson was on the team, you got to let Russ cook. Well, he's not there anymore. He's in Denver. So what can Geno Smith do? You got Drew Locke behind him. And clearly, Geno Smith is going to win the starting job. Let's look at the defense for the Seattle Seahawks. Draymond Jones. Brian Moan, Jaron Reed, and Darrell Taylor, Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, and Uchenna Nwusu, Devin Witherspoon, he's going to be a great lockdown corner. Could be Defensive Rookie of the Year. Tariq Woolen on the other side, and then the secondary of Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. The Legion of Boom 2.0 is that's what I'm calling it. And I'm not even a Seahawks fan. But it is great when the 49ers and Seahawks rivalry is back on top. And that's what I want to see. I'm not rooting for the Seahawks to lose all their games. I'm not even going to pick the Seahawks to lose all their games. They are a very good team. And let's go over the 2023 schedule for the Seattle Seahawks, shall we? The opener at Lumen Field used to be Quest Field. But that stadium with the 12th man... The hostile environment that used to be, but for some reason, it's more of an offensive league and these quarterbacks are able to have silent counts and they're able to move the ball on Seattle. You can move the ball on Seattle's defense, even in Seattle, but they're taking on the Rams to open the season. Oh, this is going to be a great game, but I think the Seahawks end up winning this game over the Rams to start the year 1-0. Week 2, they're traveling up to Detroit. Detroit was a borderline playoff team last year. This is going to be a very interesting game, and if the Seahawks are able to win this game, that would make a statement to the NFL that, hey, we are back. We've got to win our games we're supposed to win, even when it's on the road. They're not in a tough division anymore. The Cardinals are going to be very weak this year, and the Rams have Lost a lot. They went all in for Matthew Stafford to win that Super Bowl. And Jalen Ramsey's not there anymore. Aaron Donald's getting up there in age. And they lost Bobby Wagner. You know what? I'm going to call the upset. I'm going to say the Seahawks beat the Lions week two. 2-0 two going back to Seattle for week three. Taking on the Carolina Panthers. Oh boy. Bryce Young and that hostile environment by Seattle. Going to be disruptive. 
I'm not sure where I leaned when I was doing the Carolina Panthers last week, but I think Seattle's going to win this game. 3-0 taking on the New York football Giants. Giants were a playoff team. This is a Monday night game. I think the Seahawks end up beating the Giants. I picked the 49ers yesterday to go 4-0 up to this point. Why not the Seahawks going 4-0? And then taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. This is where they come down to earth. This is where Joe Burrow ends up shredding them. The matchup I really want to see is Jamar Chase going up against Witherspoon. I, th- I think that's going to be incredible. But I think that Joe Burrow gets enough done to give the Seahawks their first loss. Then they're back in Seattle taking on the Cardinals, which I think they're going to blow them out. They're going to take on the Browns and beat them. So what? I got them 6-1 and one coming up to this point. They lose to Baltimore. This game's in Baltimore. Baltimore is going to be a very sneaky, underrated team, and Lamar Jackson's going to have an MVP-type season. 6-2 and two up to this point, taking on the Washington Commanders. They win that game. They go into the Rams game, 7-2, and two, slight favorite, but I think the Rams end up getting just enough to get the victory, and so they will be 7-3, and three, hosting the 49ers. I think I had the 49ers with two losses up to this point. But I am so looking forward to Thanksgiving, getting to see my 49ers taking on at the Seahawks for this primetime matchup. And I'm not even going to do Black Friday shopping. I'm going to probably have it on my phone while the kids are sleeping, watching the 49ers and Seahawks. The Seahawks are going to win this game. And right now they'll be 8-3, and three, playing the Cowboys on a Thursday night. It won't be a short week for the Seahawks because they're going from Thursday to Thursday but I think the Dallas Cowboys end up winning this game. They're 8-4 and four going back to San Francisco. I'm sorry, Seahawks fans. The 49ers are going to get that win after losing to Seattle a couple of weeks ago. And the Seahawks will be 8-5. and five. Hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. This might be a game where the 49ers might be cheering for the Seahawks because the Eagles might have the best record in the NFC up to this point. This is a massive game. But I think the Seahawks get the victory at home. So what do we got? Nine and five so far. Nine and five and not sure where the 49ers are going to be up to this point. It's going to be the Seahawks and 49ers running away with this division. The Seahawks beat the Titans. I don't know if I picked the Titans in this game when I did the Titans last week. And then they end up beating the Pittsburgh Steelers and they end up beating the Arizona Cardinals, to finish 12-5. What, I picked the 49ers 13-4 yesterday? I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks to go 12-5. Yes, this is going to go down to the wire. The Seahawks will be a wild card team, probably going to lose to either the 49ers or the Eagles in the divisional round of the playoffs. But it's going to be an improvement. The Seahawks could possibly be the number one wild card team. They could possibly be a fourth seed or a fifth seed. I think that the Seahawks are going to improve a little bit more this year. Not quite a Super Bowl team, and I'm sorry. I know that breaks the hearts of many Seattle Seahawks fans. But if there's any consolation for the Seahawks this year, they might have a better record than Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Well, that was fun. NFL teams, 32 teams in 32 days. I've done 10 so far, 22 left to go on tomorrow's show. I'm going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, the same Rams team that gave up the farm to get Matthew Stafford so they could win that one Super Bowl. 
that's the same Rams I'm going to talk about. And then on Thursday, I'm going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Friday, I'm going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Next week, I wrap up the remaining teams in the AFC West. The rookies reported to training camp today. So when I get done with my 32 teams in 32 days, I looked on the calendar. It will be August the 17th. So just in time for the preseason games and the start of the NFL season. Well, that's all the time I have here on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that downloaded the podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. And I'm out of here. Bye. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.